Welcome to the Noble Healing Podcast, the place where we share ideas, making the healing journey simpler. On this podcast episode, I'll be sharing with you three ways you can start living the life you dream of. From healthier relationships with your family, coworkers, and friends, to manifesting abundance and ease, I'm going to be sharing with you my top secrets for creating the life that I had always wanted, and I'm going to share them with you. So welcome to this episode. I am Samantha Noble, your host as usual. And before we dive into all of the different tools, it goes without saying that there are millions of ways that you can create your dream life. From tossing out your old clothes and shoes that you've been hoarding to using daily affirmations and doing deep healing work, the list is endless. So if you have a way that you already absolutely love, I would absolutely love if you can share them with me. So drop me a comment and let me know which ones are your favorite. But my top three are cognitive reframing, practicing setting healthy boundaries, and doing inner child work. I'll touch on each of these in this episode and share with you practical activities and tips for integrating them into your life for long-lasting effects. But first, I have to admit that the combination of these tools will result in side effects that may make you the hero of your own story. They will challenge you to think outside the box and encourage you to shift your perspective in ways that maybe you haven't before. But rest assured that seeing yourself as the hero of your life is actually a good thing. I'll share with you a little snippet from my own experience just so you understand how potent this work is. So starting at my lowest point, which was in my early 20s, Life had just begun taking a turn for what I thought was the worst. I was in constant pain from a back injury that caused a slow and painful nerve damage, which affected my daily life severely to the point where I had to be in a wheelchair for two months. Now, prior to all of that, I very much enjoyed an extremely active lifestyle. I'm talking hiking, biking, walking, swimming, yoga, dance, aerobics, martial arts, almost everything that I could think of. I at least tried once, but eventually found myself doing it routinely. So when I lost my ability to walk and even exist without chronic pain, everything that I loved felt like it was suddenly taken away from me. And as a result, I lost myself. I slipped into a deep depression from the grief of losing my identity and felt like life was just so completely unfair. I had lived a mostly healthy, active, normal life and somehow I was being punished while others who lived a more destructive life seemed to be carrying on with little to no consequences. I'm so young, I thought, as I watched all my dreams get taken away. I could no longer work, I couldn't continue school, and no one was hiring for online entry-level positions in my little country in the Caribbean. Needless to say, I felt completely defeated. 
Over a span of three years, I slowly began coming out of that narrative I'd been telling myself for at least six years. It was hard changing my way of thinking, looking for opportunities, being shut down time and time again, and even creating opportunities for myself only to be met with limitations and restrictions, both self-imposed and otherwise. Finally, I had enough of my own BS and I was able to go from sick, tired, jobless, with no savings and living in my parents' house to creating online opportunities for myself, building several successful businesses and moving my partner and I into our own apartments where we make our own incomes and live a much freer and blissful life with our two very spoiled cats. <laughs> The major difference between who I was after my injury and who I am now is that I finally stopped seeing myself as the victim. I had found a way to jump back into the driver's seat of my own life and quite frankly, I'm taking the roads that lead to my happiness. Over that seven year journey, I learned and practiced these tools that I'm now about to share with you. So let's dive in. The first tool that I have to share with you is cognitive reframing. The beliefs that you have about yourself, your roles, your circumstances, and other people are all dependent upon how you perceive it in your mind. How you frame things in your mind shapes how you see the world, how you see yourself, how you view others, and how you interpret your life. Reframing is a mental technique that challenges you to see things in a new way, in a context that allows you to recognize and appreciate the positive aspects of your situation. Reframing helps you use whatever comes your way as opportunities rather than problems. Your obstacles are transformed into challenges and new possibilities, helping you work through them and not become stopped by them. Now, don't get me wrong. Reframing is not a denial of any difficulties that you're facing, but rather it's an opportunity to challenge and change your perspective, allowing you to grow from them and allowing forward movement with an understanding that these events are moments of difficulty in a much bigger picture. So I have a cognitive reframing activity that I'd love to share with you. It's two parts. Part one requires that you observe your thoughts. So what are you telling yourself on a daily basis? Pay attention to your thoughts as you move through your day. So are you commenting on your ability to complete a task? Do you berate yourself or um, judge yourself for doing something or not doing something else? And when you pinpoint these thoughts, challenge them. Ask yourself, are they accurate? What makes them true or untrue? Part two of the exercise is a little more active. After a day or two of observing your thoughts, the next part is where you plant new seeds to promote a more balanced, healthy, and true version of what you see. 
Say for example, you haven't finished a particular task in, in a time that you would have liked. Instead of judging yourself, getting upset with yourself, or you know, saying really mean and hurtful things about yourself, consider the facts. Maybe the reason you didn't finish was because you had something else that you needed to prioritize. Or maybe the task turned out to be a lot more in-depth than you realized. Looking objectively at the facts helps you realize that there are more true statements about yourself and the situation than what plays on repeat in your mind. The second tool that I would like to share with you is setting healthy boundaries. And I know you've heard this one a million times before, but it can seem daunting and quite frankly, easier said than done. So let's first talk about how we know if our boundaries need some addressing. The most common signs that your boundaries need attention are one, feeling chronically taken advantage of in certain situations, such as like emotionally, financially, or physically. Two, saying yes to please others at your own expense. Three, not having your needs met because you tend to fear conflict and so you give in to others. Four, feeling disrespected by others but not standing up for yourself. Five, being afraid of rejection or abandonment which leave you, leaves you accepting less than you deserved. And six, engaging in people-pleasing behaviors in order to be liked and to receive approval. Now, if you've answered yes to even one of these, you may need to start setting some healthy boundaries for yourself. I know that it doesn't always come easy, so I've put together somewhat of a step-by-step -step tool to help you with getting started. So the first step is to think through what you need and want to accomplish by setting these boundaries. You may not immediately know which parts of your life are most in need of boundaries, and that's okay. Give yourself the time and space for self-awareness and reflection and then to process your thoughts and gain a sense of clarity. This can easily be done through talking to a therapist or a loved one, or even just writing them down in a journal. Step two is to use your personal values as a guide. When it comes to setting boundaries, they need to be in line with your personal values. For example, if you value time for self-care, your boundary may be only to accept commitments outside of those times. Step three, understand that different relationships work, require different boundaries. So boundaries are often very different depending on the situation and the people that are involved. For example, you may be very flexible with your partner, but have stricter boundaries with your coworkers. Knowing that different types of relationships require their own set of boundaries, take a closer look at those relationships. And if you aren't getting enough of what you value, like family time, financial security, and so on, 
then how do you set a boundary to support the fulfillment of bringing your life into more balance? And step four, speak up respectfully. <laughs> Once you start to figure out which parts of your life could benefit from boundaries, start taking steps towards implementing them. This could involve things like asking someone for clarity, respectfully correcting someone, or expressing discomfort with someone's behavior. When you establish healthy boundaries though, naturally the people who are used to you being a doormat may get irritated or upset. And in fact, some people may continue to disrespect your boundaries. So as you move forward, you'll find that some people will be supportive of your healthy new boundaries while others may be unwilling to accept and honor the new you. Sometimes it is wisest to move in a way that creates distance where possible from those who choose not to respect your boundaries. The third tool that I use is a motivation inner child type tool that I developed to help me stay the course when I begin feeling like I'm running out of steam. So if you're not quite the hero of your story yet, maybe you're beginning to feel defeated or maybe you're slipping back into that victim mode, ask yourself the following questions. Question one, how old was I when I first decided that this is what I wanted? Whatever it is that you wanted or that you're working towards, how old were you when you first decided? So whether the dream was to become a business owner, an influencer, an inspirational speaker, or to simply feel happy and free, then when did you first decide or, or when did you first begin to dream of it? Question two, how would that younger version of yourself feel seeing your progress so far? For me, it was stepping into my role as a healer and mentor and becoming an inspirational speaker. And my 20-year-old self would be so incredibly excited at the progress that I've made. Honestly, she would flip. So what would your younger self do or say if they could see the progress that you've made so far? Question three. What words of encouragement would you have for that younger version of yourself that's about to embark on your current journey? So my 20 year old self who started shifting into a coaching role, a healing role, a mentorship role. What are some of the things that I would have said to her? Well, it may be the same for you. Would you tell that younger version of yourself that it's safe to be seen? Would you share how wonderful it is to have made it through your toughest moments? What would you tell them? If you haven't already, go back to each question and write down your answers. And read it back to yourself every time you feel like you can't do it, you're running out of steam, 
or you just need that little push, that little boost. <laughs> so if you're ready to level up your life, become the hero of your story, transform your relationship with others and yourself, remember to reframe your negative thoughts, set healthy boundaries, and practice inner healing to keep you aligned with your vision and motivation. Thanks so much for joining me and I'll catch you on the next episode.